Hello, I'm Bob. This is Science News broadcasting from the Old Man Studio in Church Street, Portadown. This production is for the week ending Saturday, the 21st of November. On behalf of everyone here on the Craig Avon Talking Newspaper team, welcome to this week's programme. The stories making the headlines this week are from the Portadown Times. Drinkers are heading for Shabin's and Garden pubs. And from the Lurgan Mail, COVID level exceptionally high across trust area. And now it's over to Alma, who brings you our first story. And this one's from the Portadown Times. Uh, Closing down pubs has driven drinking in the Portadine area underground, a County Armagh bar manager has claimed. At the end of the fifth week of bar closures in a second COVID-19 lockdown, calls have been made to reopen local bars and restaurants. Willard D. Barber, manager of McConville's Bar in Portadine, said there has been a huge rise in house parties with many garden pubs being erected across the country. He said people still want to socialise and they aren't paying heed to the actual social distancing rules. They still want to drink and see their friends and now because the pubs are closed, there's nowhere regulated for them to go. So they just go to house parties. I think that it is time that everyone got back to school and back to work. I don't think closing schools or pubs is really helpful. It's not fair to blame the pubs and close contract services when actually, since they have been closed, the numbers have increased. COVID level exceptionally high across trust area. Southern Health and Social Care Trust Chief Executive Shane Devlin has said the level of COVID-19 in the local community is exceptionally high. Addressing a virtual meeting of the Trust Board, Mr Devlin also said the World Health Organization, WHO, would classify the virus as out of control in the three council areas covered by the Trust. Mr. Devlin said, in the Armagh City, Banbridge and Craigavon area, the peak appears to have been reached three to four weeks ago as it has started to drop a a little. However, the number of cases per 100,000 of the population is still in excess of 200. I heard yesterday that for the WHO, any transmission rate higher than 50 per 100,000 is what they would classify as out of control. It is a positive the numbers are starting to increase, but it is still over 200 in the ABC area. In Mid-Ulster, that figure is still over 250 per 100,000. That is down as well. And in Newry Morn and Down, the figure is still over 100 per 100,000. There are positive signs, but it is clear that there is still an exceptionally high level of COVID-19 within the community. Mr Devlin also reported the number of COVID-19 positive patients within trust facilities over the past number of weeks had risen to almost double that of the first wave. In the first wave, we had 62 inpatients who were positive for COVID-19, he said. Now that has grown to an almighty number. At the start of this month, there were 118 COVID-positive inpatients in our system. The vast majority are in Craigavon Area Hospital, but there are also some in Lurgan and Daisy Hill. He also noted, as of Wednesday, November the 11th, I had 560 staff absent as a result of COVID-19. 
That doesn't mean 560 staff have COVID. To that number will include those who have to isolate as well. That is a very high level of staff absences and doesn't even account for the number of staff off with other illnesses or those on maternity leave and obviously puts an enormous pressure on our system. The impact of the steps that have been taken to limit the spread of COVID-19 have not yet been felt in hospitals. And now the rotochemist. During the week ahead, urgent prescriptions will be dispensed at the following addresses, starting at Portadown. On Sunday, the 22nd November, the chemist is Miss P. Morgan of Arch Orchard Pharmacy, open from 11 to 12 noon. Next week, from Monday, the 23rd of November, the chemist is Partridge Chemist of 206 West Street, open until 7 p.m. There is no rotochemist in Portadown after Wednesday. Lurgan residents can collect prescribed medicines. On Sunday, the 22nd of November, the chemist is S.J. McKegney of 23 North Street, open from 7 p.m. to 8 p.m. Next week, from Monday, the 23rd of November, the chemist is Winrose Limited, trading as Campbell's Pharmacy of 11 William Street, open until 7 p.m. There is no rotochemist in Lurgan on Wednesday and none in either town on Saturday. Sunday opening applies in both towns for public holidays. And now we have the subject of crime. A woman was found injured near two, a two-vehicle crash and arrested by the PSNI. A woman has been arrested after a two-vehicle crash near Loch Gaul, County Armagh. The female driver of one of the cars of Vauxhall Corsa was found trapped inside when the police arrived at the Ballygassie Road just after midnight on Sunday morning, November the 15th. Police said the Corsa had considerable damage, while the second car of Vauxhall Zafira had its driver's door opened and airbags deployed, but no driver at the scene. A PSNI spokesperson said a short search of the nearby area was conducted and an 18-year-old woman was located with injuries to her leg. She was arrested on suspicion of a number of offences, including dangerous driving, causing grievous bodily injury, failing to provide a specimen of breath and excess alcohol. The woman was taken for treatment and subsequently bailed and will be interviewed in due course. The driver of the Corsa, a woman in her late teens, sustained a number of fractures to her arms and legs and will remain in hospital at this time. Kevin is robbed of life savings after drink spiked with zombie drug. A ported down man who has been living in South America for 11 years, has told how he was drugged and robbed by a Colombian crime gang. Kevin McCaffrey, a singer-strongwriter who has been teaching in Cali, Colombia, revealed his horrific experience of the zombie drug Devil's Breath or Scopolamine. Kevin, 35, believes his drink was spiked with the drug before he was robbed of his life savings, 60 million pesos, or about $15,000, while on a trip to Cartagena at the beginning of October. Originally from Portadown's Woodside Green, where his parents, Monica and Sean, still live, Kevin moved to Colombia to pursue a career in teaching. He had gone to Cartagena for a couple of days to see a friend. On their first night out, the pair were approached by a couple of girls. One asked Kevin if he would like to meet up, and he gave her his number. 
The next day, Kevin stayed on at the hotel after his friend left. Kevin explained that he has travelled extensively throughout Colombia on his own, without incident, for years. I wanted to do some writing on the beach and make some videos, he said. He said the girl he met sent messages on WhatsApp and they had an online chat before agreeing to meet up. Kevin said he's experienced and careful, so the original plan was to meet the girl at his hotel for dinner and then to go for a walk. When she arrived, the hotel refused her entry due to her temporary ID, so the pair went for a walk. They bought a drink from a street vendor and a friend of the girl's came to sit with them. That is literally the last thing I remember, he said. The next thing I remember, hours later, I was totally disoriented, dizzy, nauseous in the back of a taxi, said Kevin, adding that he managed to pay the driver with some cash he had left in his hotel room. His phone, cards and cash from his wallop, wallet had gone. He also discovered all his money had been stolen from his account, 60 million pesos. I am a teacher and that was 10 years of savings and it was just gone, said Kevin, who is unhappy at the response of his bank and the local police. Though shaken by what happened, Kevin is determined to remain positive. I have been waking up with a sense of relief that nothing more serious happened. Scopolamine is a very, very serious drug. It kills people. People end up in comas. Kevin... A former pupil at St. Columbus PS, the Presentation Convent, and St. Patrick's College in Armagh, hopes to use the experience for his music and is planning a documentary. I want to encourage people to be very careful when visiting Cartagena, he said. Migrants' deaths. Northern Ireland lorry driver reported problem in inverted commas, of dead bodies, also in inverted commas. A smuggler has described the moment a lorry driver told him, I have a problem here, dead bodies in the trailer. George Nicka, 43, is accused of the manslaughter of the Vietnamese nationals who suffocated as they were transported from Zeebrugge in Belgium to Perfleet in Essex. British Romanian has admitted, the British Romanian has admitted helping in two successful people smuggling trips, but denied being involved in the tragedy on October 23rd last year. Giving evidence in his old Bailey trial, mechanic Nika described the moment he realised things had gone very wrong. He told jurors he had agreed for Morris Robinson to park his lorry in a yard in Orset in Essex at 1am on October the 23rd, at, the, at a meeting the evening before with his friend Marius Stracici. Nika said that he assumed it was to do with an expensive load of cigarettes or alcohol. Early the next day, Robinson picked up a trailer load of migrants from Perfleet Port and stopped in Eastern Avenue, having been instructed by Hollier Ross, sorry, Roman Hughes to give them air quickly. At 1.13am, Robinson opened the trailer door, took a step back and stood for 90 seconds before closing the door and getting back into the cab. Five minutes after that, Robinson made the discovery. Nico phoned, sorry, Nika phoned him. Nika told jurors, Dragici rang me and asked, what's going on with Mo? Ring him, find out if he's coming or not. I called Robinson and I say, well, what's going on? Are you coming or not? And he just said, I don't know, I don't know. I said, listen, are you okay there? And I thought in my mind that he might be stopped by the police or customs. Asked if Robinson spoke much during that call, Nicker said, not really. I feel like something was not right with him. The defendant went on, he did call me back after 10 minutes and again I answered the call. I said, what's going on? And he said, I have a problem here. He said, are you still coming? And Robinson said, I don't know, I have a problem here. Dead bodies in the trailer. The 
QC defending asked, what was your reaction to that? Nico replied, I said, listen, what do you mean dead bodies? He said, yeah, he said, there are too many. I said, ring the ambulance, ring the police, do not move at all. Asked if Robinson had indicated how many bodies there were, Nico said, no, probably he didn't even know. He said, too many. Nico from Basildon in Essex has denied 39 counts of manslaughter, along with lorry driver Eamon Harrison, 23, of County Down. Harrison, the lorry driver, uh, 24, of County Armagh, and Valentine Colotta, 37, of Birmingham, have denied being a part of a wider people smuggling conspiracy, which Nico has admitted to. Robinson, 26, of Craigavon, and Hughes, 41, of County Armagh, have admitted the manslaughter of the migrants. Mystery man being sought after incident involving a scrambler. A mystery man is being sought after a 21-year-old suffered life-changing injuries in an incident involving a scrambler bike. The young man suffered serious facial and spinal injuries in the incident at Churchill Park in Portadown. A PSNI spokesperson said a report was received by police at around 4pm on Friday the 3rd of July that a 21-year-old man had fallen from a scrambler motorcycle at Churchill Park in Portadown. The scrambler, which was red and black in colour, is believed to have been taken from the scene after the collision by an unidentified man. This man was wearing a grey and black jacket with blue jeans and had short dark hair. The investigation into the collision is ongoing and officers are appealing for witnesses. At this stage we would be dealing with sport but unfortunately there is no sport to report on because of the COVID-19. This uh, part now is from elected representatives. Whilst there's no sport, there's quite a bit on this. So, first off, we have sewage issues could halt new developments. Northern Ireland Water has warned that Stormont's current funding levels to utility is putting public health at risk and obstructing council targets for new homes. NI Water's Head of Investment Management, Stephen Blockwell, has set out funding situation Northern Ireland, sorry, facing Northern Ireland after consulting councils on their development plans. He said that due to this historical underinvestment, major parts of our cities are over 100, uh, over 100 towns across Northern Ireland currently have little or no capacity left in their sewer and wastewater systems. Significant and sustained investment is needed for wastewater and water infrastructures across Northern Ireland. Northern Ireland Water knows all of the council's growth ambitions and we know what needs to be done in each council area and we have the plan and the skills to deliver it. However, the executive needs to allocate adequate levels of capital investment to Northern Ireland Water. If future levels of capital investment continue at historic or current levels, there will be significant constraints on economic growth, damage to the environment and risk of people's health. Examples of those risks include dangers associated with overflows and manholes into public highways or gardens and driveways. Discharges from sewers reaching the sea have also been identified as a threat. Northern Ireland Water recently attended Armagh Banbridge Craigavon Council to update representatives on infrastructure plans going forward and the investment that was needed. In its future growth plans, Armagh City, Banbridge and Craigavon Council have identified by 2030 that it will need 19,800 new homes. Armagh City, Banbridge Town and the Craigavon urban area, including Portadown and Lurgan, will be the main hubs for growth, with predictions that 12,200 new jobs will be needed. Stephen Blackwell said, new housing developments and employment opportunities have been identified. However, without adequate sewer networks and upgrades in water, uh, wastewater treatment works, much of this development and economic growth may not happen. For many years, the executive has not allocated what has been needed 
there is no additional capability for increased investment outside of this mechanism. Council to consider operating some venues as pandemic donation points. Armagh City, Bambridge and Craigavonborough Council is to consider how best it can operate drop-off points for Christian donation, sorry, Christmas donations during the pandemic. The issue was raised during a meeting of Council's Leisure and Community Services Committee by Alderman Glenn Barr. Across the borough, many people donate a food parcel or toys to those less fortunate. And given the impact of the COVID-19 pandemic, the Ulster Union's representative asked if Council could help facilitate this process. I was wondering, could we make our leisure centres a focal point for people to drop off stuff they want to donate for Christmas this year, asked Alderman Barr. A council officer confirmed it is something they will look at doing, but stressed it must be done safely. Councillor Barr explained how important a service like this could be to those less able who are thinking of others this Christmas. A council officer confirmed that the request would be taken away from the meeting as an action point. Speaking after the meeting, Alderman Barr said it was his hope this would mean the request would not need to return to committee and could be implemented by officers quickly once the safest route forward had been decided. Meanwhile, the committee's chair, Councillor Catherine Nelson, has praised community groups who are already pressing ahead with organising these types of donation points. Churches, clubs and community groups not linked to council are already thinking about how they can do this sort of thing at Christmas this year and deserve tremendous credit for their efforts, said the Sinn Féin councillor. New commemorative space for grieving parents to be created. Tanakmore Gardens looks set to feature a commemorative space for those who have lost a child. The memorial bench was approved by Armagh City, Banbridge and Craigavonborough Council's Leisure and Community Services Committee. The mother behind the proposal, Danielle Donohoe, who lost one of her twin daughters during her pregnancy, explained, When we lost a little girl, Ellie, we were absolutely devastated. I felt so alone and thought how unlucky we must, it must be for this to happen to us. It was only after sharing news of our loss with social media where I had been documenting my pregnancy that I realised how unfortunately common baby loss truly is. Danielle credited uh, park officers for their support with the project and said Tannockmore has finally chosen as a central location with good parking, making it accessible for all. It's somewhere I will look forward to bringing Elsie, she said. We can have little conversations about her twin sister and then I can let her go and play and enjoy the park's other offerings. The whole point is to make this conversation a part of everyday life. Councillor Julie Flackerty proposed a recommendation to install the bench, seconded by Councillor Declan McAlinden. If approved at full council in November, the bench will be installed in Tannockmore Gardens with a plaque that reads, Remembering Our Little Angels Who Play Above the Clouds. The total cost will be £650. Hopes for New Railway Line Gathering Steam The hopes of restoring a railway link between Armagh and Portadown have been given a boost, with both Armagh City Bambridge and Craigavonborough Council and the Infrastructure Minister keen to see the project advanced. At a meeting of Council's Economic Development and Regeneration Committee, members agreed to share the findings of a scoping study on the viability of railway line connecting Armagh and Portadown with the Department of Infrastructure. And speaking to the Local Democracy Reporting Service after the meeting, the Infrastructure Minister, Nicola Mallon, MLA, confirmed her department would be prepared to largely fund a council-managed feasibility study for the project. A council working group has been considering the feasibility and viability of reopening the Armagh City to Portadown Railway since the line had been closed since 
1957. A scoping study was undertaken to formulate the concept of what a rail service between the two locations would look like. It recommends that any future feasibility study should consider the extension of existing rail services from Portadown through Armagh City only and assume a passenger-only service. It is estimated the feasibility study could exceed £100,000 in costs while the capital cost associated with the infrastructure is likely to exceed £100 million. Alderman Jim Spears said the project had his full support and called for officers to progress matters promptly. It is my understanding the Minister has indicated she would fund part of this study and I understand a letter from the Minister regarding this matter is in Council's hands at this time, said the Ulster Unionist representative. I fully support this proposal and thank the officers who have worked on it, but I think we need to be slightly more ambitious. Time could be of the essence here. I think we should be moving to get the study going tonight, and I am a bit disappointed we are not. Council's strategic director of place, Olga Murta, and said it was important to recognise the work to date on this project and said it would be vital to identify how much the department is willing to spend on the project. In discussions with the department, we can ascertain the level of investment they would be prepared to put into the feasibility study and the time frame around that, said Ms Murta. Sinn Féin councillor Gareth Keating welcomed the report and said it was critical that Council maintains the momentum for the project. The scoping study points towards this project being very much doable, said Councillor Keating. It would be a game-changer in terms of the economic outlook for this borough and we need to strike while the iron is hot. Speaking to the local democracy reporting service after the meeting, the Infrastructure Minister confirmed she is keen to see the feasibility study completed and would provide the vast majority of the funding for it. I believe that rail has huge untapped potential to deliver multiple benefits across our island. Armagh City, Bambridge and Craigavonborough Council has undertaken a high-level scoping study which I understand considers what might be included in a future feasibility study. I would like to see this further developed and the feasibility study undertaken. I have therefore asked my officials to pursue this with the Council. Cyclists killed in road tragedy named. A Craig Allen councillor has appealed for anyone who witnessed a fatal road collision on the close to Portadown Golf Club on Wednesday evening of last week to contact police. Margaret Tinsley was commenting after the collision on the Guilford Road involving a red Hyundai Tucson car and a male cyclist at around 9.35pm. The cyclist has been named by the police as Waldemar Gourney, who lived in the Guilford area. Miss Tinsley said this is such a very sad and tragic story, both for the deceased and the driver of the car. I would appeal for anyone who witnessed the incident or who has any information to come forward to the police. Miss Tinsley has also appealed for anyone cycling during winter months to take every precaution to ensure that they can be seen by other road users. She added that the stretch of road is a very dark area, but apparently doesn't fulfil the criteria for street lighting. In a Facebook post on Wednesday night, Miss Tinsley said, Our prayers are with the family of the man who's died as a result of this very sad and tragic accident. Can we as a community also pray for the family of the man who was driving the car? I know he and his family will also be suffering after this traumatic accident. In a statement, a PSNI spokesman said, Our inquiries are continuing and we would appeal to anyone who witnessed the incident or who has dash cam footage available to contact the police on 101. Minister recognises crucial and important role of charity sector. A review of the data analysed by local authority and funder shows that it does not refer reference the Department for Communities. However, on June the 9th, a 15.5 million pound 
COVID-19 Charities Fund to help local charities facing financial difficulties as a result of the current public health emergency was launched by the Communities Minister. The funding programme provided financial support to charities which have lost income due to the impact of COVID-19 and are unable to cover unavoidable costs. It provided up to £75,000 for eligible organisations and was administered on behalf of the Department of Communities by the National Lottery Community Fund. The amount of funding required to cover immediate costs and prevent short-term closure varied for each organisation. The Minister recognises the crucial and important role the local charity sector plays in supporting people across our communities and the importance of maintaining those services at this critical and challenging time. In addition to the £15.5 million COVID-19 Charities Fund, the Department has provided millions of pounds in support for the arts, sports, community organisations in direct response to COVID. Some charities will have been able to avail of these funds. Road closure for improvement work. A £120,000 carriageway resurfacing scheme on the A3 Lake Road is due to commence on Saturday the 21st of November. This improvement scheme, which extends a distance of approximately 525 metres along the A3 between, the roundabout, between roundabout 4 and roundabout 5, includes resurfacing of the carriageway and upgrading of the road drainage. Due to the nature of the scheme, it will be necessary to operate a road closure from 7am on Saturday to 6pm on Sunday the 22nd and between 9.30am and 4.30 from Monday the 23rd of November to Friday the 27th. During these times, a diversion will be in place for vehicles going towards Lurgan, with traffic being diverted to, via Knockminer Road, Brownlow Road and Drumgore Road. The road will open to traffic in the evenings and access for emergency services will be maintained at all times. Road users are advised to allow extra time for their journey and to follow the alternative routes which would be clearly signposted to the, uh, on the approaches to the closure. Completion of the work by 27th of November is dependent on favourable weather conditions and all work will be carried out in line with current public health safety advice. New play area for Rectory Park. Armagh City, Banbridge and Craigavon Borough Council's planning committee has approved an application to replace a children's play area in Portadown. The application for the relocation and replacement of a children's play area at Rectory Park was lodged by council and as such required the committee's approval. Members were advised that the application has received no objections. The new play area will be located 40 metres west of 42-47 Moran Park, Portadown, and committee members were advised the new play area will include a variety of new play equipment and will be fenced off by a 2.4 metre high Ibex weld mesh fencing gate. There are six pieces of play equipment proposed for the play area with a seating area and a litter bin. The surfacing of the play area will consist of rubber safety surfacing around the equipment with open textured bitmac. The proposed play equipment is as follows, large adventure themed play unit for ages four plus, three base swing with inclusive unit, accessible inclusive unit for ages one plus, inclusive accessible wheel spin bumblebee accessible spring rocker and an auditory sensory play panel. The area of the new site is 302 square metres, including footpaths. The chair of the committee, Councillor Darren McNally, asked who would be responsible for the new footpath and was informed it would remain the council's property. Following a question from Councillor Sam Nicholson about the accessibility of the play park, the planner confirmed the new play area is designed to cater to all abilities and ages the application was then approved with all members signalling their support. And our final representative's report. Trust new liaison officer is helping COVID families. 
The Southern Trust has appointed a new liaison officer to support families and staff involved in serious adverse incidents or, complaint or complaints relating to patient safety. The role aims to offer a dedicated central contract contact for service users, their relatives or carers and staff through any trust review. 19 years social work experience supporting both adults and children, Beverly Lappin is the new corporate service user liaison officer. Her role is to work closely with those affected, offering support and ensuring they're involved with the investigation process. Beverly says, being involved in health and social care investigation or review can be a very sensitive and challenging experience for both the families and the staff who have already been through a stressful time. Beverly is currently supporting families relating to the COVID-19 outbreaks at Craigavon and Daisy Hill hospitals. And now deaths in the community. Campbell, the 13th November, peacefully in Lurgan Hospital, Late of Turniscove Road, Rich Hill, Ronald, Samuel, Ronnie, dearly loved husband of Barbara, dearest father of Garvin and Claire, McClymans, Thomas, Tom, died peacefully in Daisy Hill Hospital, 11th November, late of 12 Wayside, Tandrogee, much loved husband of Yvonne. McCollum, Nee Redpath, peacefully in her daughter Alison's home, Welton Lawns, Laurel Vale. Templeton, 9th November, peacefully in the Matter Hospital, Belfast, late of Park Manor Oaks Care Home, formerly of Moss Bank Road, Portadown, Millicent beloved and devoted wife of the late William. And now we have a single page obituary for uh, a remarkable man who always put troubles of others before his own. Victor Malcolmson was a loving and towering figure in the life of the town across business, sport, youth work and church. A remarkable man with a remarkable story. He passed away on November 4th after a lifetime of service to his community and far beyond. Victor was born on May 24th, 1923 on Empire Day. He grew up in Windsor Avenue and attended the Windsor Avenue Public Elementary School. On his first day at school, he met Alvin McMurray and they were to be lifelong friends. He finished his education in Armagh Royal School. He joined the Auxiliary Fire Service, and there, these being the early days of the war, he almost immediately found himself fighting fires in the Belfast Blitz, a story he recounted during a recent BBC Radio Ulster interview, said it was Victor's intention to follow his brother John into the armed forces, and he also, beg, beg your pardon, and indeed he applied to the Royal Marines, but his father took ill and Victor stepped into the family funeral directing business which was based in Market Street. This was also intended to be a temporary arrangement, but sadly Victor's father died in 1942, and so Victor took on the business long term. He saw so many changes through his lifetime in the firm. At any stage, at that, sorry, at that stage, they still had horses, but as people turned to them in some of the most difficult experiences of their lives, they were met by one of the most gracious and caring men that anyone could hope to meet, and it was not unnoticed. Victor was not only gracious, he was also skilled. He trained as an embalmer and was responsible for setting up the British Institute of Embalmers in Northern Ireland. He served as its secretary for decades, he taught the skill to others and was made a Master Fellow in 2005. He became involved in the Kenyan Air Accident Identification and Repatriation Team and worked in the area India Air Disaster, Cork, the Zeebrugge Ferry Disaster and at Lockerbie, dropping everything at a moment's notice to serve in these immensely difficult situations. Of course, in the midst of all this, Victor met Joan. 
They met through Hill State Presbyterian Church and romance blossomed at the Church Badminton Club, which met in George Street Hall. They were married at Hill Street on July 27, 1958. They set up home in Market Street in the premises attached to the family business and subsequently lived in Hill Street and in 1978 moved to the Guildford Road. Victor, along with Joan, was heavily involved in the church. He was involved in every aspect of it. He sang in the choir and in 1956 he was ordained as an elder. He served as an elder for 60 years, and for more than 25 of those years, he was session clerk. The Reverend Nigel McCulloch said, I cannot begin to describe the esteem with which Victor was held here. In the years after the war, he was involved in the reformation of Lurgan Cricket Club, and he played further for the club for many years and served it in various ways, including coaching the younger players. During the 50 years of his work life, he was rarely off call. He always put other people's troubles before any he might have had, and when the phone rang, he was off immediately to take the responsibility of a family bereavement off people's shoulders. He also played the harmonica, upside down for some reason, and he said recently that he'd never played it as much as he did during his time in Temple Court. Reverend McCullough said, Victor had a desire that others would know the Saviour as, as, as he did, that, I am sure, was part of his motivation for being involved in the starting of the YMCA here in the town. That desire, because others, that desire to cause others to know Jesus. Victor had had some health challenges over the last number of years, and it was his desire and prayer that he'd be able to look after Joan. That prayer was answered, and he cared for her so well until she went on ahead of him in March last year. He moved into Templar Court last December and made a real impact there as he stayed in, stu- in touch with so many people by phone. When his time came to leave us, he was surrounded by his family. Victor was the husband of the late Joan, dearly loved fam- father of Terry and Edgar and much-loved grandfather of Gareth and Lauren. He was led to rest at Lurgan Cemetery following a private service at Hill Street Presbyterian Church. And a couple of ads. Uh, S.D. Kells, Lurgan Portadown and Bambridge have 20% off your Christmas shopping. Exclusions apply, 10% off shoes. 2J's International Fashions pre-Christmas sale, 25% off all stock. Sale starts Thursday 19th November. Shop local, support local, it says. That's PJs at uh, Robert Street, Lurgan. Talented singer Brian Cole would have made it big in Nashville. Irish country music lost an iconic figure this past week with the death of singer Brian Cole. The Yuma man was enduring and highly popular personality on the entertainment scene for more than 60 years. His death, aged 79 from heart and cancer-related illnesses, has deeply saddened his legion of fans, many of whom first heard him sing on the Irish show band circuit in the late 1960s. Brian Cole, with an exceptional voice and unique yodelling prowess, was a country singer who in the heyday of his singing career most certainly could have made it professionally on the national circuit, sorry, Nashville circuit. Indeed, after several concert appearances in Music City, Tennessee in 1972, Brian was offered a contract to stay and record. But being a home bird with a young family, he decided to return to Oma to pursue, pursue a highly successful career on native soil. Away from his singing, the tall, lean Brian Cole was a humble man and proud of his mid-Tyrone roots. And the big, and the big controversial controversialist with a positive outlook on life. A big conversationalist with a positive outlook on life. Brian was also big into motorbikes, a rider himself and an enthusiast who making sure his singing diary was free, never missed the big races at the Northwest 200, the Ulster Grand Prix and the Cookstown 100. But Brian Cole will be best remembered as a singer and a yodeler of quality, one who could have made it big in the American country scene. My sympathy is extended to his sorrowing family.
Portadown School campus is forced to close for 14 days. The Portadown campus of Craig Avon Senior High School has closed due to a COVID outbreak with pupils and staff being asked to take a test. The school has some 600 pupils, mainly year 11 and 12, based at campuses in Portadown and Lurgan. As part of the local Dixon plan, it sees children in the area transition through junior high schools in the area until they are 14. Over the weekend, the Portadown campus, which teaches three quarters of the pupils, closed, with students from that campus now being taught remotely. Principal Ruth Harkness said the Portadown campus of Craig Avon Senior High School has been closed due to a COVID outbreak, with all pupils and staff being encouraged to take a test. The outbreak began after the extended half-term holiday, she said, although the numbers of possible pupils and staff involved are not being disclosed to protect their privacy, she said. The Lurgan campus is operating as normal. We have test results still due in from Sunday, including my own, because it was the right thing to do to be tested, and obviously I'm isolating until that comes back. But I am mindful that behind every statistic there is a child, a staff member, and the community. The public health agency provided the mobile testing unit at the campus on Saturday and Sunday. Ms Harkness said she was not aware that any pupils or staff had been hospitalised. The campus is now closed for 14 days. When all test results come back, the school will create a plan with the PHA to reopen safely, she added. Upper Band UPMP Carla Lockhart said her thoughts were with everyone who has contracted the virus. I want to commend the school for their swift actions in trying to get this outbreak under control. Upper Ban SDLP MLA Dolores Kelly added, thanks to swift action of school leaders, we're seeing a robust plan being implemented quickly that will incur as, uh, ensure as little disruption as possible. Upper Ban MLA Jonathan Buckley said, I'm currently liaising with Craigavon Senior High School in light of the cluster that has formed within the school's Portadown campus. The school has been working alongside the public health agency in adhering to the correct and proper procedure to ensure the health and safety of pupils, parents and staff. I would commend the school for their proactive and timely response to the outbreak. Now annual tractor run set to move online. The ninth Livingstone Christmas tractor run will take place online this year due to the COVID-19 pandemic. This famous tractor run, one of the largest in Ireland, has previously seen hundreds of tractors in attendance and raised over almost half a million pounds for local charities, including the Air Ambulance, the Southern Area Hospice and the Northern Ireland Children's Hospice. Last year, over 730 tractors attended, taking part in the run from which travelled which travelled from Armagh to Market Hill, Hamilton's Bone and Rich Hill to support three local charities. The committee this year are aware of the impact that the current COVID-19 pandemic has had on local communities and on the income of charities that they normally receive. He decided they wanted to continue to help and support the charities, as mentioned above, in their critical work. The, de the decision was taken that the online virtual tractor run will occur to ensure the continued safety of our community during COVID-19. To support the online Livingstone Christmas Tractor Run, you're invited to donate your normal suggested donation on the Virgin Money Giving website for the online event. And the address is https colon two forward slashes uk dot virgin money giving all one word dot com forward slash Christmas Christmas tractor run, all one word. Once you've made your donation email, your reference number from Virgin Money and a photograph of your video or your tractor to the team to be included in the online tractor run video, email christmastractorrun at hotmail.com. Then don't forget to keep an eye out on the WA Livingstone and Sons Facebook page for the event details and the online tractor run video launch 
on Saturday and the, uh, the 2nd of January 2021. 570,000 vaccine doses for NI. Northern Ireland will receive more than half a million doses of the breakthrough coronavirus vaccine developed by the German company BioNTech. The news has been hailed as exciting by the chair of the British Medical Association's Northern Ireland Committee, Dr Tom Black, who stressed the importance of making sure healthcare workers and those most vulnerable to the virus are prioritised. However, Dr Black stressed that complacency should not set in and that checks still need to be done to ensure the vaccine works. BioNTech announced alongside our American pharmaceutical company Pfizer that the vaccine has been found to be 90% effective. The UK government has agreed a deal to acquire an initial 20 million doses of the vaccine if it passes all remaining trials. The Department of Health in Northern Ireland has confirmed that the allocation for Northern Ireland will be roughly 570,000 doses. A spokesperson for the department said Northern Ireland will receive allocation under the Barnett formula. The Barnett formula is a mechanism ordinarily used by the UK Treasury to allocate funding to Scotland, Wales and Northern Ireland in proportion with overall spending. And this is based largely on population levels. Focus on community for festive campaign. Embracing community spirit and keeping hope alive for local businesses is the focus of this year's Armagh City Banbridge and Craigavon Borough Council Christmas campaign, entitled Let's Light Up Our Borough This Christmas. The campaign has been created to inspire community engagement through fun and safe activities with a positive emphasis supporting local business on the lead up to Christmas. Commenting at the launch, the Lord Mayor of Armagh City, Banbridge and Craig Avonborough Council said, This year has been a year like no other for our families, friends, communities and businesses, all of which have faced and continue to face significant challenges due to the pandemic. With this in mind, it is vitally important that we bolster our borough's community spirit to keep the light of Christmas joy alive for everyone through this locally focused Christmas campaign. It's essential for everyone's well-being, especially our children's, that we make this an extra special community-focused Christmas by celebrating, it, by celebrating it in unique and safe ways that will continue to bring the magic of Christmas to everyone. As a strong borough community, we must focus all our efforts into supporting those who need our help most at this time of year particularly our local businesses. Supporting borough business by shopping local and online for Christmas is a major part of the council campaign, urging people to think local first and to keep the lights on for many businesses at this crucial time. To help promote this new online platform is being promoted called Our Borough Online to encourage local spending with borough retailers online and in-store. The website www.lightupyourrborough.com profiles online local retailers, home delivery services and personalised shopping times for more vulnerable customers. One of the highlights of the campaign will be a virtual light switch on, lighting up the city town and town centres Christmas trees on Saturday the 28th of November at 7pm. This event will be live streamed on Facebook, YouTube and online with a very special message from Santa live from the North Pole providing Christmas cheer for all the family. This switch on event will provide a unique opportunity for everyone to reflect on the year that has passed and to celebrate together but apart in the magic of Christmas. Another highlight includes bespoke magical and interactive festive walking and those trails are in Banbridge, Dromore, Lurgan and Portadown. Visitors to each town will follow a characterful tour solving rhyming riddles in a video format with their smartphone, encouraging all generations to engage with participating businesses, sparkling Christmas window displays and whilst learning the new elf skills as they go. 
A supporting map will be a feature of all the participating businesses and include a useful shop local directory for visitors, along with our exciting and action-packed Christmas Elf and Santa Treasure Trails, providing magic and adventure in a COVID-safe, socially distant and flexible way. Appeal for Food Collection Help. Two charities providing vital food to people hit by the COVID-19 pandemic are appealing for people in Lurgan to help support this year's pre-Christmas Tesco food collection. Charities Fair Share and the Trussell Trust will be collecting food in Tesco stores across the UK and Northern Ireland during the annual pre-Christmas Tesco food collection, which runs until November the 21st. Charity Shop and Appeal for Volunteers. The British Heart Foundation's Northern Ireland shop in Portadown is appealing to the local community to donate the gift of time to support the charity's recover, recovery from the coronavirus crisis. The BHF shop had to close its doors for several months due to the pandemic, but is now back up and running. The coronavirus crisis has had a devastating impact on the BHF's income, leading to a potential 50 million cut in research funding and the delay of important scientific breakthroughs. It's now urgently asking the local community to support their nearest shop by taking up volunteering opportunities available. The shop is asking the local community who are not in a high-risk category from COVID-19 and who may be looking for new volunteering opportunities to help support them. Volunteers will be able to help with a wide range of roles and tasks. Portadown Cares issue hamper appeal plea. The annual Portadown Cares Christmas hamper appeal is underway and nomination forms are available from the shop in the High Street Mall to be returned by Saturday the 5th. Christmas is a particularly busy time for Portadown Cares with their annual hamper and toy appeal now in its eighth year, supplying food, hampers and toys to local families. Support can be made via either cash donations to purchase goods for hampers and toys or by donations of food items and toys. Christmas concert off, but recording, recordings on sale. The annual Christmas carols from St Mark's, such a popular part of the town's festive calendar, has had to be cancelled this year due to the COVID-19 restrictions. The event has attracted huge audience over the past 21 years with a delightful recital of Christmas music and has raised vast sums of money for worthy causes. However, the choir is making sure to share the Christmas cheer in these difficult times with the release of a CD and a DVD featuring previous concerts. Presented by Portadown Ladies and Male Voice Choirs and conducted by Gordon Spears, musical director of both choirs, and with guest organist Richard Campbell and a selection of guest soloists, the concert is one of the leading musical events in the province. Due to current restrictions, the choirs are not meeting at present, but still wanting their music to be heard at Christmas and eager to continue with their support of charitable causes, have arranged for a CD of last year's concert and a DVD of the 2018 concert to be on sale in Portadown at the Open Air Market, William Street, which is held on Fridays and Saturdays from 8.30am. The CD and the DVD can be purchased together for just £10, with the monies going towards the South America, sorry, the Southern Area Hospice. Both choirs and their conductor appeal to the generosity of the Portadown public to support them in this venture, so that COVID-19 cannot overshadow the beauty and the meaning of Christmas music or deprive our local hospice of much-needed funds. We've uh, now come to the end of our recording for this week. Our thanks to the team of volunteers who edited and recorded this week and to Mackles for collecting the Portadown Times and Lurgan Mail for us and to the Presbyterian Church for the use of the studio. Editing the news with me this week was Alma, our technician was Andrew, and reading with me this week also was Alma. From the newsroom at the Old Man's, this is Bob signing off. Thank you for spending time with us.
All our good wishes for the week ahead. Our team will be back with you in four weeks' time. Please remember to return your wallet. Sound News is a Craig Avon talking newspaper production. Stay safe, stay safe, stay safe.